Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 19. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And? So I'd like to start this week, Chuck, with something near and dear to my heart. Pizza? No. Tacos? That that too. But Hamburgers? No. Fries? Beer? No. And a, Beer? That, yeah. And... I'm reaching here. There's another thing, though. Uh, and I'm going to give it to you in the form of a song. Oh, no. Batman. Or me. Because <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to be Batman? I have laryngitis. I can't talk properly because I'm Batman. <laughs> oh, that video on YouTube. <laughs> what? what? I, I don't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody listening now is like, get what? to the point, idiots. <laughs> we'll post that video just so it makes sense to yes, you. Yes, so that makes sense. But we do have a point. Yes. The bat pod. The yes. bat The bat motorcycle. The funny motorcycle-like thing that popped out of the... The boner cycle? The boner cycle. <laughs> the bat boner cycle? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm... What version of Batman are you watching? I'm half-mass looking at it. It's pretty cool. So there, people are building real versions of this thing. Yeah, people are... People are Street-legal versions of this thing. That's impressive. Yeah. We're, we're looking at two. We'll, we'll have up on the website for you to see. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. One of them is clearly looks more rideable than the other. It uses big honking, those those big, like, air quotes, chopper right. one tires is, at both ends. This one is a uh, street legal version. Mm-hmm. The other one, the seller disabled before selling Yeah, <laughs> so as not to be liable. <laughs> yeah. So the one of them is actually, you know, like it looks like you could ride it. It uses center hub steering and the guy looks a little uncomfortable riding it, which I don't know if it's just because he's getting used to it or the position is weird. Um, the but position like, does look a little weird. It's a little weird, but like, you know, if it's center hub steering, you just, it's, it should be variable caster. So you just change the link arm and you're good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder if that would make the guns not point the right way. I don't know. Could be. Here it is kind of na- and naked. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, the wheelbase the, is also like 14 feet long. Yeah, it's a it's long like, bike. It's like as long as my car, man. Well, this did come from a chopper shop, so this is mm-hmm. the kind of thing they're used to. Yeah, okay. Something Except, really you know, they would be sitting back with their arms up in the air yeah. versus this, uh, you know, Star Wars bike posture. I give, them, I give them major points for making one you can actually ride. Yeah, on the street, legally. Yeah, because in terms of in terms of design, like it's a terrible design. It looks <laughs> <laughs> it looks awesome. But it's a terrible design. Especially in the movie when it's rolling around with the independent axles and stuff and yep. bouncing off the wall. That's mm-hmm. freaking cool. Yes, the bat physics defying device. Uh yes. But it does look incredibly hard to uh, to drive. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, it does you look can hard. see he's clearly uncomfortable. Yeah, he's not very happy. The, the second guy who gets on it seems to be doing a little better, but yeah, I, that, I think that might have been the first guy just, just getting, getting used to it on the track here. Right. In fact, even the movie version is hard to drive. Did you hear about that? No. There's a video clip that made the rounds before Warner sued everybody. Well, not sued, but sent letters. Sure, yeah. Of uh, either Anne Hathaway or more likely her stunt woman mm-hmm. riding the bat pod down the stairs and crashing it into an IMAX camera. <laughs> that is an expensive mistake. <laughs> yeah. Those are $300,000 cameras. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what, keep that keep that under your hat. We'll bring that up again later. Oh, okay. Expensive movie stunts. Oh, yeah. That's right. Expensive movie stuff. Right, right, right. So the, the other one is uh, is a little more true to the movie. It, they don't change the uh, – they have like the lying flat posture. Yeah, the posture is very correct. 
cor- movie correct. Movie correct. <laughs> like the tires be, are movie correct. The tires are movie correct because they're great big honking like truck tires. Right off of the Batmobile. Yeah, nice and square. And uh, the weapons look more movie correct to my eye. Yeah, yeah, and it's rocking a totally sweet four-stroke 650 cc engine with direct port nitro inject. <laughs> huh. I, I would be scared to put any nitro whatsoever through that engine. Well, especially since it's direct, you know, like normally a motorcycle engine is under your butt. This is directly like in your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if something comes out in front of you, you're uh, you're done. I don't know, man. Well, I, you know, if it's got decent brakes on those, I bet it could stop those big honking wheels. Will probably drag it down, assuming the brakes are good. Uh, I'm willing to put money doubts. that the brakes aren't probably the best. Oh, wait a second. How are you going to hold yourself on when you brake hard on this thing? <laughs> you're <laughs> you're going to shoot right forward. Well, you're already will fire you. You're, Shoom. you're already in the Superman posture. Yeah, you're already in Superman crash <laughs> position, aren't you? Yeah, good point. All right. Cool. So there you go. So you two can have a bat pod for variously fifty, a hundred thousand uh, dollars, depending on what you want. And then you can get the Kevlar bodysuit. You remember seeing that? Mm-hmm. The Kevlar uh, motor- Batman motorcycle suit. Yes. Which would uh, be pretty cool. I, I <laughs> never s- has it crossed my mind to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I want the Halo version. I want to be the Halo guy on a motorcycle. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Dude, you crash in that armor. Nothing's gonna hurt you. Well, maybe. <laughs> Cortana will protect you. The, the, the armor isn't real, Chuck. Yes, it is. It's a video game. Shut up. It's got... Batman, on the other hand, is totally real. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dude that dresses up as a bat running around yeah. uttering words that no one can understand <laughs> before he punches them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds okay, actually. It sounds like a, like a fun Friday night. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what brought on the whole Batmobile thing, or Batcycle thing? What brought it on was we found something from Hamlet and Schimler catalog, mm. offering the best at the best prices. And by best prices, yeah. we mean really the expensive. <laughs> the Tron Light Cycle. A street-legal Tron Light Cycle. That looks like it has several degrees of clearance. <laughs> To turn. Well, if you read the description carefully, it says it's great for parades and casual cruising. Meaning? You go in a straight line very slowly. Holy shit. Look at what it's powered by. It's powered by a fuel-injected Suzuki 996cc four-stroke engine. Does that sound like anything to you? <laughs> hmm. It's a Tronstrom. <laughs> <laughs> You bastard, what have you done with my engine? I'll get you for this. A T-Strom? I, I don't know, man. The, the T-Strom. Oh, God, that's just... Oh. But you know, what's crazy to me is they put a, a liter engine in this thing, and then they say, go slow in a straight line <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, with I a six-speed manual transmission. It weighs 474 pounds with a six-speed... Well, of course it's got a six-speed manual transmission. It's a V-Strom. It's a V-Strom 1000. <laughs> yep. And it costs $55,000. And it weighs about the same as a V-Strom 1000, which means it can theoretically go as fast as a V-Strom 1000, and then you will die. <laughs> yeah, how do you think the brakes are on this sucker? I uh, have my doubts. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It's pretty, though, ain't it? Sort of. Wow, it's another one that's just like too big to be good. It's a you know his arms are at full extension. Well, that's how they are in the movie. Oh, are they? Yeah, you're. Haven't you seen Tron? No. What? 
No, not the not the new one. You haven't seen the new Tron? No. Dude, I've seen it like six times. Well, I, I don't know. Oh, well, I'll look, watch it glows it in the dark. I've got time. Of course it glows in the dark. Yeah, you need to watch it. It's a good movie. Apparently. I need some, I need some sweet glow-in-the-dark effects on You know, eyes. until you watch Tron Legacy, I'm revoking your nerd status. I just want to. I just want to make it clear that that this is a V-Strom engine in this thing. <laughs> okay, it's a V-Strom in this thing, which uh, means which means it can go way faster than is remotely safe. Yeah, he's actually going at a pretty good clip in his in this video here. Well, I, I'm assuming that's a closed street. <laughs> okay, he's not. He's going. It looks like probably like 35, 40 miles an hour, which is like maybe second gear. That's faster than I would want to go on that thing. Well, yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, get your get your Tronstrom. Today. I mean, it looks really cool. Um, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. With yeah. uh, truck tires, hubless wheels, truck tires that are then custom shaped. So there's nowhere you're going to get spares for this thing. Nope, you're screwed. <laughs> Don't get really good at using the plug kit. $55,000, you two can have one. Yeah. And it's not like they're going to wear out the tires on this thing. Yeah, that's true. No, no thousand mile trips. No iron butts on the, the, uh, on the Tron cycle. The, the chicken strip on those tires is going to be... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but man, it looks cool and I want one. It gets us ever closer to the Acura bike, which is what I'm really holding out for. Yeah, I, I could I could give I could go for one of those. Well you, you remember you saw the Suzuki G Strider back in the day. It was one of their, their mega scooter concepts. It was a thousand yeah. CC scooter. Yeah. That looked a lot, a lot. like yeah. the Acura bike. Had center hub steering. Feet forward position. Feet forward position. Yep. Yeah. That was I've, uh, if they had made those, I would have bought one. I would have taken it right to the shop, got it painted in red, <laughs> and put a bunch of stickers on it. I want it red. <laughs> Why? It's it's brand new. Red. It needs to match this red leather jacket I've got <laughs> with the pedal on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, Todd. Any day now, Chuck. So, guess where I was this weekend? Um, drunk in a ditch. You got the first part right. Raccoons <laughs> chewing on you. <laughs> I was drunk, all right. You were. You went to the Buell rally. I did go to the Buell rally, and boy, we drank. <laughs> well, uh, a rally. Those sort of things happen. Yes. Yes. Everyone saw your posts on Wheel Nerds of the uh, the Chuck riding with hangover again because Chuck never learns his lesson. Uh, posts. Those are fun. Someday I'll learn. No, you won't. <laughs> you'll yeah. learn for about a week, and you'll forget. Yeah, we'll see how it is Next for your, time there's your a big bachelor party. party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Buell Rally, Durango, Colorado. It was a lot of fun. I, I rode down by myself because mm-hmm. you wouldn't go with me because you're a jerk and unemployed. And <laughs> that's even more reason to go. You could stay in my room. <laughs> Aldo and Luke did, and they didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, they probably paid you for some of it. <laughs> <laughs> we would have worked it out in trade. I've got grass to mow and bushes to hedge. Well, if I'd known it was all it would take was yard work. <laughs> You'd have to have your shirt off. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, I, I want to say start out by saying hi to guys like uh, Ed and Russ. Who Ed is the reason I got drunk. Oh, it was it's all, Ed's fault. It's all Ed's fault. It's you, Ed. Ed's fault. Ed and Russ. We, that first night, we were in the restaurant drinking White Russians. Ed bought my last White Russian for me. And I owe him. I still owe him a drink. Mm. Problem was, what he brought me back wasn't really a white Russian. Mm. It was sort of a mulatto Russian. Gotcha. He said the bartender did it by accident. I'm not buying it. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't track. It was uh, it was pretty jet fuely. Well, that's cool. So all kinds of all kinds of different fuels. Any any of the real exotics there? Anybody show up in an 1190? Uh no, no one uh, showed up in an 1190. One guy there had his Yuli with an autograph from Eric Buell. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> 
Seriously, that, that it was just wow. And uh, speaking of it, I've got a story to talk about with Ed. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if this uh, we should hold this against Bueller's. Um, maybe not because Russ was the one who actually did this. Mm-hmm. What 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 the, what does this phrase say to you? Okay, it's I. It, okay, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Sofa, sofa king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, that's, that's hilarious. So your time. Does Bueller rally sound crazy? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Your time to getting that was about zero. Yeah, thereabouts. Um, Ed's time we had to measure in minutes. What? Yeah, Ed. Ed had to read it a few times. In fact, Ed, this is here. Let's listen to a clip of Ed reading it for I think his third or fourth time. Okay, now read it out loud while I'm recording this. Okay. <laughs> I Lovely. am Sofa King. We talked it. <laughs> Man, I hope that came through. Yeah, everyone laughing there. That's not Ed. <laughs> Comprehension not dawning, huh? Ed, Ed was still thinking about it at that point. And still I, working it through. In his def- Ed's defense, he, we were all kind of in the bag at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, he was still kind of working it through. <laughs> you, you, the phrase is half in the bag. In the bag would mean you were dead. <laughs> oh, really? Is that yes. where that comes from? Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were pretty, we were like three quarters in the bag then. How about that? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the the funny part when Ed finally did have this explained to him or worked it out yeah I don't remember which <laughs> a little of both probably we were a little unhappy with the restaurant we were in so Ed wrote uh, wrote something down on the table for the waiter because it was one of those tables that they cover with butcher oh, table oh sure yeah right. butcher paper mm-hmm. uh, and this is what he wrote I am Sofa King Todd We did uh, I think he got that one wrong I am Sofa King. I don't think he Todd comprehended that to this day. <laughs> Todd, we did. Todd, we did. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that was us the first night. Yeah. So, um, so I get, what the hell do you talk about at a Buell rally? I mean, other than like, Buell, 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 I love my Buell, don't you? Yes, I love my Buell. Buells are wonderful. You can't see it, folks, but I'm doing the hand puppets. <laughs> don't you think Buells are great? Yes, I do. Well, the, at, at a Buell rally, um, I would say a good 80% of the people there are track guys. Uh-huh. One of them was like a privateer racer. Oh, cool. So we talked, th- there was a lot of talk about track, mm. which I couldn't really <laughs> participate like, That sounds great. <laughs> I, I seen Miller once. <laughs> uh, they were talking about taking a blast and turbocharging it and using it to show up R6s. <laughs> that would be fairly entertaining. That was kind of the, the reaction at the table was. There was a lot of stories talking about uh, people who don't know what Buells are. Yeah, yeah. There's there's always a lot of that going around. Uh, you know, talking about what the fan that runs after you turn the bike off is. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Experiences at the HD dealership and who has the newest Eric Beal body pillow. Shut up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of what you would expect. It's a lot mm-hmm. like uh, our our beginner biker rally that we went to in Narango. Mm-hmm. Fairly low key, just low key. Let's go ride. Real nice group fun. of people. Cool. Uh, the majority of them came from either New Mexico or Colorado. Like I said, most of the guys are track guys. There was four or five Yulies there, and the Yulies were the ones that came from way out. One Ooh. of them came from Nebraska. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's a haul. Yeah, and that, and that dude had, like, the windshield from hell on his. <laughs> I mean, wow. That was just uh, that was just great. Sometimes you want, you want some air protection, and that means barn door. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, the the rally was really cool. Uh, big thanks to uh, CJ for putting that together for us, and, you know, organizing and haggling with all the people. Cool. Hopefully, I'll, next year I'll have a I'll have a job and a kitchen pass and uh, yeah, come with. There was Ducatis there. There was a guy on a Triumph. Oh, I wouldn't give a shit. I'd probably be like get a get a I get a piece of uh, paper and I write this is totally a Buell and I duct tape it to the side of a Euro. No, <laughs> of a strong. <laughs> I am totally a Buell. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> it's kind of cold to be in a pack of Buells when they start up. Yeah, that'd probably be loud as shit. It's it's entertaining. <laughs> and Meanwhile, in the back, the Strom walka 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 walka. And the group got its share of performance awards on the loop. <laughs> Three, to be exact. Oh well, okay. Anything particularly notable? Um, careless driving, passing on a double yellow, uh, being hooligans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think peeing into somebody's car window. This sounds broadly like a group that you want to sort of keep your distance from. <laughs> Beating a bear to death with their bare hands. I, you know, r- r- stuff like that. Okay. I, w- I didn't go on the loop, so I don't know. Okay. I can't say. Oh, okay. You just did the, like, to, to uh, Ray and back kind of thing? You know, I didn't even make that. I was... Really? I was... I was hung over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then I went to go spend a day with our friend uh, Joe. Oh, cool. At the ranch, yeah. Though I did see a bunch of uh, red and blue flashing lights in my rearview mirror on the way back. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they were always on the way somewhere else. Oh, good. <laughs> they yeah. weren't interested in any chucks. No, they were interested in dead deers. Um, what I did have was, and this was weird. I'm coming up toward the road toward Price. Not is that six? It's still six. Is that still six? So I'm I'm in the deserty part of six, just oh. off of just off of seventy. You know. That means he knows. I hate that road. Yeah. So, you know, every now and then, one side or the other gets a passing lane. Sure. And yeah. the other side gets a dotted yellow, meaning they could use it, too, if it's safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm behind a line of RVs, mm-hmm. so I go to pass. Yeah. Way off in the distance. Not way, way off, but I have enough time to do this pass kind of distance. Sure. There's one car. Mm-hmm. He comes into the passing lane, too. Uh, no reason. He just it, he changed lanes when I changed lanes. To go from his regular lane into his passing lane to come was he right passing at me. Anyone? There was no one around him. Wow, that's uh, that's great. So um, I had to cut back in. Yeah. And as he passes me, he kind of does this. He waggles his fingers at me. What the hell, dude? <laughs> that's that's some that uh, huh? That's weird, right? That's some yeah. Waggles, waggles his fingers. Waggles his fingers at me. Yeah. It, it wasn't a wave. It wasn't the finger, it but the it was this. Woo. Yeah, the guy. Dude, I, I don't know. I'm gonna it's, cream you, or I don't. Ooh, almost got you, bike guy. I I spoiled your pass, made you get behind Dick. the RV. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because passing the RVs when you're not in a passing lane, there's no profit in on that road. Yeah, because there will always be another slower RV. If there's a passing lane, then you move over and you just pin it. Yeah, and inevitably somebody in like a fucking rental Chevy Aveo pulls out and is like, oh, I'm currently gonna pass <laughs> any second now. Damn, so that crazy, was one. Man. That was one incident. Second incident. Uh, two guys on metric cruisers mm-hmm. on six getting passed by semis. Wow, that's uh, huh? And you know, were they were they going even at the speed limit? No, or? they were going considerably below the speed limit. And I'm only guessing it's because they uh, weren't used to not wearing helmets, full face helmets or something, because uh-huh. they had that sort of scrunched up. Wow, the wind really hurts expression on their faces. Oh, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What it is is they're. Uh, <laughs> it's not that they're not used to that. It's that they're. Uh, 
<laughs> They're not used to going out in a desert where there's wind. <laughs> we, we went too far. Maybe. What, what have we done? <laughs> Maybe. Third incident is the other train of Harleys I came up on. Mm-hmm. They were actually going pretty good clip. I was just mm-hmm. passing. Yeah. I passed the first two bikes, and I kind of do a little hand wave to each one. Yeah. They ignore me. Okay. Third bike in, kind of do a bigger wave. Guy's Nothing. still got his nose up in the air. Yeah, a couple up on the second bike from the, did the you, pack. Did you did you bring out the dork wave? Yes. <laughs> on, nice. the, on the lead bike, I had both hands off the bars, and I'm like this, waving my arms in the air. <laughs> Dude and the girl behind him were just like noses up, straight ahead, not having it. <laughs> I love the dork wave. <laughs> but I just I was like, can I get a reaction out of these guys? Nothing. Nothing. There, you, you know, you're just Harley dropped fuel. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they, these guys were in the chaps. They were uh, in the leather vests. They had the, the do rag, the sunglasses. They were they were bad to the bone. Regulation mustaches, mm-hmm. bad to the bone. All right, I think it's time for us to stop talking for a bit. Okay, I think it's time we talk to our guest this week. So our guest this week is Dale Coiner. All right, so we're on the line with Dale Coiner from Open Road Outfitters. Dale is uh, runs his own tr- motorcycle trailer store. He's written some books. He's got an upcoming one he's going to tell us about, and he puts batteries in bikes. We found out about Dale through uh, that one dude, Mike, that rides the Free Ninja. We don't talk about him. We oh, right, him. him who may not be named. Free Ninja guy. Hi, Dale. How you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Great. I, I, we want to really talk about this uh, giant Uber trailer of yours. Well, we, we looked at all of the trailers, and there's I, we have many questions. But I guess I guess the first question I, I got to ask right from the get go is: so what gave you the idea of you know basically camper trailers to tow behind motorcycles? Because that's a it's not a combo you would normally think. Oh sure, yeah, that's everyone's got one of those. Yeah, well, everyone needs one. It's kind of a slippery slope, you know. You, you start doing a little bit of exploring uh, with a bike, and then you find yourself going on longer rides. And as you get older, you find that you just can't get up off the ground out of a tent. You sound a lot younger than me, so I expect you could probably just spring right up after a hard night. Not so easy for us older guys. It so, depends on how bad the hangover is. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I sprung out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> really, to tell the story, i got to go back to the very beginning, because I, I got involved in motorcycling back around uh, 88, 89. Pretty much from the outset, I, I, I found that I really enjoyed getting out and seeing what was kind of around the next bend and going a little further and a little further each time and pretty soon after that I got involved in writing a book which uh, the first one was Motorcycle Journey Through the Appalachian that was a travel book that just kind of covered the mid-Atlantic did it talk about banjos? well that's northern Georgia (laughs) not so much uh, a lot of this book is Pennsylvania Maryland western Maryland uh, a lot of West Virginia okay which to many people is is an undiscovered riding paradise so you know one thing kind of led to another did a couple more books and then I just decided that well I kind of wanted to do this a little more as a as an avocation so I got involved with the trailers. Now, I don't actually manufacture these. I mean, I'm a dealer for all these different lines. You know, believe it or not, there are about 60 or 70 companies. Many of them are just really small mom and pops who make these trailers. Uh, A lot of them come from some guy who was out on a ride one day and he just had this inspiration. I mean, I've seen trailers that are shaped like boats. So it looks like your motorcycle is pulling a boat. But then uh, there are a lot of others that are, you know, really seriously built to uh, travel tens, hundreds of thousands of miles. I just really was interested in all these 
little companies making these things and I kind of winnowed out a whole bunch of them that were just kind of the you know the, the guy building stuff in his backyard uh, and narrowed me. it down to ones that I, I thought were really cool and, and practical and uh, so I, I ended up with some cargo trailers and with some campers I was selling them out of a shop for a while but I found that I was shipping so many of them to other parts of the country it really didn't make sense to have a store so I closed that a couple of years ago and I've been online Hmm. now almost exclusively for the last couple of years the thing that's really helped me out a lot have been these um, videos that i created yeah those are cool as hell those really <laughs> but they they tell the story a lot better than here's a big square bluish thing yep yeah, yeah watching I you mean, set one I, of these up is really cool you know i <laughs> i realized that i kind of look like a dork when i'm setting these things up but you know that's part of the fun of it i don't know if you saw that one um there's a, a camper that i was setting up and when i laid down in it my shirt came up, you know, my big white belly. <laughs> Missed that one. So, <laughs> Which trailer is that one? That's don't, the mini. That's the mini mate camper. Oh, okay. If you check out that video, um, you know, you'll spit milk through your nose. Well, we looked at and, we looked at the slipstream, and I, I got got to ask us looking at the slipstream <laughs> thing. Can it can a normal sized dude actually get into one of those? You know, that one is one that. Um, I, I have my doubts. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've only ever sold a couple of slipstreams. People see that and they're intrigued by it, and it's kind of an interesting idea. Sure. But that thing is really only for very small people. I'm seeing like my in-laws who are all five feet tall. Yeah. You know, that, that guy from the Austin Power movie, he probably yeah. has one. Yeah. It, that would be fine for them, but for most people, they need something bigger, so I, I usually <laughs> kind of move them up to something else. Bit of upsell. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. But that Minimate video, I was I was shooting this thing, and I didn't realize it until I was editing it that, you know, I've got stuff showing, so I put this blue bar <laughs> across my belly. For extra entertainment. <laughs> and then I made some comment about it, and I'll tell you, I've had guys call me up and say, I watched that video 15 damn times. I laughed every time. <laughs> it's funny, so, actually. Ryan had the same, the guy we talked to uh, last week, or the week, I guess it was the week before, but he uh, he has a video where the, uh, the bleeped out version of the video is funnier than the one where you can actually hear what he's saying. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I've had fun doing those, and that's been really effective. And um, that's why we need one of those bleepers on this show, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're actually watching the Mini Mate video right now. We're watching along because apparently we want to see you without a shirt on. Oh. We'd like to know our guests <laughs> really well. <laughs> well with, with that one, people comment because I was really moving slow, but I, I was kind of doing that on purpose because if you look at the time that I started setting it up to the time that I finished, it was just right at two minutes. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. edit it at all. I just wanted to show, okay, you know, here's a guy. It's Oof. hot. He's doesn't Drunk. have a lot of energy and a long day's ride. Here he is, dragging his ass out, going to set this thing up. And yeah, it's still pretty painless. He's mostly drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, which which one of these camping trailers is is the most popular one for you? Well, I think most people uh, have seen the Time Out trailers. They have a big dealer network. They are popular with Goldwing riders and Harley Dresser riders. Go figure. Yeah. So that, that's my market really are those guys on the big long distance touring bike those guys are those guys are the ones putting all the miles under the tires you know and they don't always want to be in a hotel no so i think i think the timeout uh, i mean that thing's got an air conditioning port you can uh open the zipper and 
reach out and grab a cold one without going outside. So it's got a lot of important. <laughs> this is this is relevant to my interests. <laughs> Go yeah. get me a beer. A of, that, those are you know very important features for a lot of people. And, uh, <laughs> is that like a, a metric? You know, time to beer. <laughs> How be far do I low on the time out. Do you own and operate any of these? <laughs> <laughs> and there's the blue bar, and that is some funny shit right there. <laughs> oh, I feel like I need to buy you dinner now, Dale. <laughs> yeah, but so so do you do you uh, own and operate any? <laughs> the blue Chuck can't look at the blue bar. He can't he can't see straight one. <laughs> yeah, to to answer the question. Um, I do. I kind of rotate between these, and uh, so I've got something in the garage that I can take out and set up and shoot some new videos mm-hmm. with my shirts tucked in. Sure. <laughs> Good plan. I hear yeah. that helps. We actually saw a guy selling one of these here locally. Yeah. The one, the timeouts. Yeah, he used one on the... <laughs> it's funny because it was right after we saw your videos, and we were like, hey! Yeah. <laughs> so is timeout like the brand name then of this trailer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they've got a couple different models. Pretty cool. Those actually have a screen room that you can put on the front, and it's 72 square feet. That's I bigger mean, than your apartment. I know. Yeah. <laughs> My living room isn't that big. Yeah, you can play dodgeball in that. I think I know where you're living next. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Just pull that behind the Ural. All right, so the trailers are wicked cool. Now, i got to ask, though, because since it's wheel nerds, we're required by law to ask about the electric bike because <laughs> total nerd out when I saw that thing. Yeah. <laughs> So what? How did how did that come about? Yeah, because well, you're you're not the middleman for for batteries, right? So <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I really have to give credit for that to a buddy of mine, Brian Richardson, who is down in Southwest Virginia. I mean, I'm not sure where he got the original inspiration from, but um, I saw him one day and he said, "Hey, look at what I built over the winter," and it was this Norton motorcycle, a vintage bike that he had stripped down to the frame and replaced with all these electrical components, and I thought, well, I have to have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I've been surrounded, I'm sure you guys have too, by guys that build a lot of bar hoppers and, you know, some Mm -hmm. really cool custom bikes, but the whole OCC thing never really appealed to me. I I just really thought that that was the kind of thing that I could get into, so I started putting this bike together. It's been going on about three years now, but I'm almost done. The long pole in the tent has been getting those batteries they are the the high energy density lithium lithium iron phosphate it's what's being used in factory electric bikes and cars things you yeah, know okay yeah. that's who so that's who like, you're competing with and those are becoming very popular yeah, yeah. so it's, it's um, what's in your prius then yeah yeah so i ordered i originally ordered batteries for this thing back in um December of 2009 and they were supposed to show up they were supposed to show up uh, February 2010 and they didn't come long story short the manufacturer or, or the distributor gave them to Neil Young what? what? <laughs> yeah you know Neil Young uh, the, the singer yeah he was okay. building this thing called the Link Vault he had taken a, a, a custom or a, a classic Lincoln and converted it to an electric vehicle. And, you know, you're going to ship your batteries to some guy in Virginia or Neil Young. Well, 
Yeah. So, I've Young. got concert tickets for Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> so Neil Young wins. Three months later, after I'm supposed to get my replacements, these guys go bankrupt. And, uh, <laughs> they, they bet it all on Neil. Neil Young's <laughs> check <Apparently>. bounced. <laughs> So I, I finally got the batteries this spring, so now I'm in the process of getting it all put together. Watching the video, I was uh, I was amazed at how little noise it made. And I guess I shouldn't be. Electrical motors aren't loud, but it's it's one thing to kind of know that it's not going to make much noise, and it's quite another to actually watch the video, and all you can hear is the chain. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that can hear me coming are dogs. You know, I can uh, people don't hear it at all, but a dog will whip his head around and start barking. So this thing's in, in writing shape then? I put enough uh, juice in it to be able to take it out and just make sure that... doesn't explode. Gonna, it, yeah, it wasn't going to fall apart at speed. Now I've kind of disassembled it so okay. that I can put the real batteries in it. So it'll be mm. a couple of months before I get it back on the road. When I do, it, it'll be a pretty speedy little bike. How are, how are you finding the batteries uh, compared to gas in terms of the space they take up and how much weight they add? And I'm totally nerding out now, but... Energy density of batteries is pretty low compared to um, you know, five gallons of gas. I would probably have to pretty much cover it with batteries to come where, anywhere near the range of what you can get with just a couple of gallons of gas. I'll, I'll I probably, know. I mean, I'll probably have 75 or 80 mile range, and that's with a set of batteries that will fit completely within the space where the motor and transmission originally was. Uh, and Dale, I know what you could do. You could pull a trailer with batteries <laughs> in them. <laughs> Now, there's an idea. I thought about it. <laughs> the power trailer. But where's where's he going to get a trailer, Chuck? I don't... He, that's, that's the quandary. Where would Dale get a trailer <laughs> to pull batteries behind a motorcycle? Yeah. Where? I, I thought about Oh, where? It, I don't know anybody who handles those, so... <laughs> That would be hilarious. What do you have in there? Batteries. <laughs> it's all batteries. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, you couldn't detach your trailer and leave it at the campsite. <laughs> no. Not if you wanted to get back to the campsite. But Unfold a giant solar cell. <laughs> Here you go, man. This is... you. Take these ideas and run with them, man. Yeah, uh, I, I have to tell you, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty envious of this guy. You know, there's obviously forums for guys who build electric motorcycles, and um, sure. one of the guys on one of these forums put a pair of solar cells on his bike with these little motors, and when he pressed the button, they would, you know, flip up. And oh, that is cool. You know, electrically, they do almost absolutely nothing to charge yeah. this bike, mm-hmm. but. It just looks cool. You know, CBS News picked it up, and it was on Forbes. <laughs> and I would have thought that this guy had invented nuclear fusion or something. <laughs> yeah, I think if, if you could fit a solar cell small enough to fit on a bike, you'd be looking at many, many days to charge. Yeah, yeah I think it put out like ten watts. So, oh, so these are you know decent sized actually for. What, what what's the uh, the ultimate goal for this bike? Are you planning to take it to a track, or is it just you know, hey, look at me, I, this is cool. Well, it was um, I because that's pretty cool. I mean, I would like to ride Skyline Drive with it. I'm glad you clarified that because where I'm from, Skyline Drive is where the gangs go to shoot each other. Oh, oh. <laughs> here in here in Utah, Skyline Drive is a dirt road of varying quality. <laughs> <laughs> it goes along the top of the mountains. I'm like, really on a CV frame. <laughs> He's hardcore. Wow. Yeah, well, this this is Skyline Drive in Shenandoah National Park. 
Oh, that's Skyline gotcha. Drive. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, uh, I, I get to do a, another book out of that one, so mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's kind of the other reason to build it so that I could write about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're really pushing this in California. They're getting like celebrities behind it. I think Tom Hanks tooled around on one. It's called a Zero or something. Mm-hmm. I, but but what's the what? Where does the power come from in California? Places. <laughs> Places that involve burning things. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Why do you have to yeah. kill these dreams, Tom? Sorry. Sorry. Why? I'm Why? Because I'm a bad person. I know. I mean, first it was Megan Fox, and now this. Why? <sighs> So I guess then it sounds like the theme of the book will be not just you building a bike, but kind of you building a bike, and here's kind of the here's what's going on with electric bikes. Here's the the evolution of them. Well, you know that second part may be another book unto itself. This one is mm. really just going to be a practical. Uh, you know, here's oh. here's the overview of you know the components of an electric bike. I mean, I'm not really going to get into the whole philosophical thing about is it more efficient than gas or you know that that's all for somebody else to decide um, yeah dream killer yeah you know, yeah right this is just because you want to build one and here's how to do it strictly for nerd appeal yep. yeah real nerds listeners will love this <laughs> yeah. all five of them speaking of books tell us about this one that's coming out well the because uh, it's got quite the uh was were ambitious title yeah uh Certainly the most involved project I've been in creating a book. It's called Ultimate Motorcycle Journeys of North America. Does it involve Starbucks? I'm sure there's a Starbucks or two along the way. <laughs> but Were you eating dog biscuits? No. I, I quit harassing the <laughs> Sorry. The idea for this book came from, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the whole concept of bucket lists and mm-hmm. uh, a thousand yep. places to see before you die and all that kind yeah. of stuff. When we looked at the stuff that had been written, there really wasn't any book out there that captured rides on all the big roads, you know, the big brand name, all the stuff that we know, at least in one place. So, you know, the Blue Ridge Parkways, the Natchez Trace, Beartooth, Pacific Coast Highway, the the Kankamangas, the uh, Cabot Loop. I mean, you know, you can just go on and on about all these great roads, one after another after another. So what we wanted to do was try to set out some sketches of rides that would give people ideas for putting together these ultimate rides. So instead of having a book of day trips where the rides are, you know, 100 or 200 miles long, most of these rides are two or three or 4,000 miles. They're broken yeah. up into itineraries so that you kind of, you can plan, okay, this thing is 2,500 miles. It's going to take me five days if I'm, you know, really just riding balls out. I'm missing all the good stuff. <laughs> gotcha. That's cool. That certainly makes it, take some of the mystery out of it. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there's still a lot that a person would want to do to mm. complete a plan for something like that. But it just kind of gives them a sense of scale. Because, I mean, you guys, if you've ever been on any long rides, you probably know that you tend to plan a lot more than what you can actually accomplish. <laughs> That's never happened to us. Oh, God, Durango on a year old. That's never, ever happened. We don't, we don't know what you're talking about. Go uh, on. What? The, uh, actually, I mean, the, there's some stats from the uh, Iron Butt Riders Association that says that after the first two days, your average daily miles falls off by about a third to a half. 
So, you know, that's just stuff that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't account for. Once Especially they, once you call in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they think they're going to ride 3,000 miles in you know, a couple of days, well, probably not going to happen. Plus, you tend to miss the good stuff. I find I find I don't like to try to get too many miles in a day because I want to stop and fart around and look at crap. Yeah, you know? yeah I don't, I don't want to have a goal in mind as far, for miles. I just want to go. Yeah. Good. Hey, look a thing. Let's look at the thing. Yeah. Otherwise, I always feel like I'm on somebody else's schedule. Yeah. Even if it's mine. Yeah. You just just want to go and look at stuff. Just, you know, see all the good stuff. Is, do you do you kind of cover that in the book? Well, As, you know. Yeah, I try to. Um, I mean, that was. I think that's what made the the motorcycle journey through the Appalachians. That's part of a series. Uh, there are books that cover New England, uh, Southwest, Pacific Northwest, Colorado, et cetera, et cetera. So those are really good for getting a detailed look at a particular region. Where do you want people to go first to know you? Well, you know, I think... Um, and not just you without your shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think there are really two that I maintain the most, dalecoiner.com. And that is where I sort of have all the different projects and the, the electric bike and and then motorcycle trailer store. That's where all the trailer-related stuff is at. All right. Well, thanks for talking to us, Dale. Well, I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, great to have you on. Everybody make sure to check out Dale's sites. We'll post them up on the blog. I said earlier I hung out for today instead of doing the loop at Joe's. Oh, okay. And Joe's has a Can-Am Spider, and I finally got yeah, to test ride it. Nice. And you had already ridden this. I'd already ridden this thing. So let's talk about it. This I, is our uh, wheel nerd test ride. An actual wheel nerd test ride. We've got one. Yay! <laughs> so the first thing I want to say is that this thing is nothing at all like piloting a hack. Not, yeah, not, yeah. Okay, I, I can't talk to that, but I'll tell you, for me, every second on that thing, my back brain was screaming, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, and I've, I've said it before, riding a three-wheeler is not like a car, and it's not like a motorcycle. It's something completely other. And, and this I, is not at all like a hack. And, and this, is, this is even more like other, or is this... No, it's just, it doesn't, it, it handles like a three-wheeler. Okay. It just doesn't handle like a like a hack does, because it's got all the nanny stuff on it. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm curious with your impressions, because you're coming from zero time on three-wheelers. Right. So I went from zero to this. <laughs> um, I will say I did not try to ride off with the parking brake on. That's good. That's good. I got that right away. I, uh, I made it some way down the road. <laughs> uh, so like I said, my, my back brain was screaming at me the whole time and sort of near panic. The, f- the first thing I really noticed going into curbs at speed was that the bike felt like it was trying to throw me off. Yeah, it does the little body roll thing. Yeah, which is what you get in a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, But on a bike, it's scary. <laughs> try it. Try it with a sidecar. <laughs> well, you know, on your Euro, you couldn't go fast enough. Because <laughs> I, I tried to, I went into some of the corners I thought pretty hot mm-hmm. enough that I was really kind of clenched up. Were you, uh, were you leaning into it? Yes. Okay, good. And I, I discovered the whole thing about where pushing doesn't really work nope. so much when you're leaned way over. Nope. It turns into pulling. Yes. Yeah, so you do the pull. You do the pull. So, you know, even with the pushing and the pulling and the leaning in, I found myself going wide a lot. Interesting. I would go into a curve, I would lean over, start pulling, and then about halfway through, I'd have to like do this sort of uh, desperate re-pull because I just wasn't pulling enough. I was still going wide, even though I felt like I was I was going. Hmm. Okay. And uh, what it's and what it was I think was my brain, my my back brain there was just like you can't turn it that far. It's just you know even though there's That's a nanny there, like, yeah. I know it's there. I can't. I couldn't bring myself to trust it enough in the twenty or so miles I rode it. Hmm. I was just it, it was just my brain was saying no. 
Hmm. Interesting. And I, I kept diving into these curves trying to overcome that, and I, I don't think I did. Joe mentioned she had to do about 300 miles before mm-hmm. she got to where she trusted it. It's, it's, a, it's a long, long adjustment process. And this is and now you understand, though, why I tell people, I'm like, you've got to get on a three-wheeler and ride it around before you try to go on a trip with it. Because yep. it is, you, you get new things you've got to train your brain on. Yes, it's turning that thing is so because the thing weird. I, so so the interesting thing is I found the exact opposite. I was turning too damn tight on it. Really? Yeah, I got on and I went in for what seemed like a, a right amount, you know, not oversteer, not understeer, and it would turn like a lot, huh? <laughs> like like really a lot. Like holy shit, this is turning too much right now. <laughs> Let's turn. <laughs> So I, I yeah I found completely the opposite. I kept I kept waving my middle finger in the air. I think people must have thought I was flipping them off. I was <laughs> waving my middle finger in the air, looking for a front brake to drift it. Because if you could fucking drift this thing, oh my god, <laughs> you could you could hit some of those corners marked for forty five at one hundred and ten. <laughs> it would be exciting, but but yeah, th- this. That would be something. The thing, the thing I noticed right about it is, I actually found it really wanted to turn. In fact, it wanted to. The amount of input you gave was greatly exaggerated by the power steering system. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then that's, some of that's coming from a Ural. But I mean, I've got a leading link fork on the Ural. Like it's not, it, it's pretty twitchy. But this thing is like a whole other level of uh, right. touchy steering. Yeah, I just I couldn't bring myself to turn it enough at the mm-hmm. speeds I wanted to go. Because yeah. man, that thing had power. Oh yeah, it's got some <laughs> juice to it for sure. Oh my god, it just gets up and goes. No doubt about. <laughs> It is, it is really cool, and it's huge. It's a lot it's bigger immense. than you'd think, looking at it in pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. man, it's just something else when it goes. But how do you like that seat? Oh, uh, yeah, I liked it okay. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you could replace it with a fancier one, but, like, I mean, the seat is wide. It's yeah, like it's very wide. It's like an ass and a half wide. The, the bike is very wide yep. altogether. It's, it's, you know, think of your regular sport bike body. And yeah, exactly. Make it 150 percent larger. Yeah, I thought it was really fun to ride. I um, I wasn't entirely enamored with the shifting system. I I, uh, I, I don't know. It's it's an automatic. Yeah, and I was I was doing the the paddle shifting to try to get a feel for it. Yeah, um, me too. And I, I like the fact that it's 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 kind of the thing I noticed actually about it is it still behaves like a car transmission. It's still got that planetary transmission thing where you hit it and it goes, oh, okay, shift. Yeah, and, and that that was kind of I found that irritating. It, it was definitely a soft uh, shift, and you know the manufacturers do that kind of stuff on purpose because they don't want to build in the tight shift. They, they, they're trying to reach the mass audience with mm, a, with a vehicle. I hadn't thought of that. So you know you might want the really crisp shift. Well, I've, I've been driving stick my whole life, so right. I want to shift. I want to shift right now. Right, but the eighty-seven-year-old <laughs> lady who gets on this thing or yeah. you know, is driving okay. your car, uh-huh. she doesn't. Interesting. I hadn't you thought know? of that because you can take it on and. This is coming from my car background with the Mustang, which was an automatic. You can do stuff to that. You know, you can replace oh. your torque converter. You can reprogram your chip. You can do stuff to make that shift. Shift right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Neat. You can do a lot of stuff toward that. I'm not sure if that all translates over to uh, a motorcycle or, you know, this spider. That's but, but uh, yeah, there's a lot. They, they do that on purpose. It's a, okay. it's a design, design decision. Interesting. Um, the modern automatic transmission has come way way ahead of, of what it used to be with the if anyone, if anyone yeah. wants to tell me how to do this to a Suzuki SX4 I'd appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> I 
because it, it makes me nuts. <laughs> there are things that can be done. It's it's all a matter of money. I don't I don't think Luthan would appreciate it. <laughs> and you know, the more you screw with that kind of stuff, you lose things. Things like warranty. Yes. yes. <laughs> things like longevity. I avoid warranties. It's <laughs> my gig. So back to the spider, though. I I think in general this, and I, I've said this before about it, and I will say it again. If you are having like physical problems that make it hard for you to ride a motorcycle, strength issues, balance issues, that kind of thing, the spider is absolutely the place you want to go. A sidecar is not the place you want to go because it takes a lot of strength and physicality to do one of those. The spider... Super friendly. Super duper friendly. Oh, one of the guys at the Buell Rally uh, is an MSF instructor, Mm -hmm. and he teaches that trike class. Oh, okay. And he was saying that the difference is like 10 pages in the book between motorcycle and this. Well, yeah, because there's not that much in the book about here's how to operate a motorcycle. Most of the stuff in the book is really about the... Because we we teach them how to ride a motorcycle on the course. Sure, Like, here's how to operate all the fucking controls. Yeah, here's Um, your duck walk. Yeah, here's, you know, all that kind of crap. Yeah. But... The important thing that you learn in the course is the survival tactics. I mean, that's the thing that actually keeps people alive. Right. You know, operating a motorcycle at a slow, low level, the kind of thing most people do just farting around, is not actually all that hard. If you've got a reasonable set of mental hardware, you can do it. Yeah. Coordination. Yeah, basic coordination. On the other hand, operating at a higher level is very hard. Right. And, you know, that's where the trouble comes in. And this thing would be, in a way, is even easier. Yeah, in a lot of ways, even easier. It's got the nannies, so it's got the it's got the anti-roll thingy bobber, which yeah. I found I found that really weird because it starts to roll and then it corrects itself. Whoop. I I have a hard time. I mean, I'm a geek and I'm I'm a nerd, but I have a hard time with the nanny. Yeah, I, I can't really wrap my mind into to just accept it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And then I, the the other thing I noticed, I don't know if you noticed this on the gravel driveway, but the nanny keeps kicking in there for the traction control. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, you're going like 10 miles an hour. I'm like, okay, give me a freaking break. Mm-hmm. I mean, come, come on. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be looking for ways to, I'd be looking for ways to deactivate the nanny. I, I bet people have been. I, uh, I reckon I can't be the only one. I just, uh, I wonder how long it'll be before the first person deactivates it, and how long before he crashes. Well, the, the, <laughs> I think the crashes are probably like anything else. The tip-over lines for a tadpole trike like this are not near as scary, by and large. It's hard to tip it sideways just because of the dint of the normal is always going directly across one of your wheels, Mm. which is a good thing. It does have a really, really scary tip-over line forward in hard-breaking situations. Right. (laughs) That's one of the things that the nanny and the ABS will help you with. Right. I I think this was part of the nanny, too, is I felt more disconnected from the bike. Oh, hardcore. Yeah. And that's that's the power steering and the nanny doing that. Yeah, I just didn't feel like I was part of it. Because it's modulating your power for you a little bit. It's like it's like the BMW's in rain mode. It's trying to outsmart you. Yeah. And, well, you know, even there, the, the BMW in rain mode, I still feel more a part of than mm-hmm. I did on the Spider. Hmm. The Spider, I really felt more like like a car. It is like a car. You've got power steering. Yep. So you know, and you're, you're turning wheels that are on a center hub. So. It, there's a reason you disconnect from it because you are. Yeah. You're, there's not. There's not. You know, about four feet of metal between you and it, and that's it. But between that and a car, I would definitely take it. Yeah. Because that was pretty fun. It is that a good. test ride. I, I went mm-hmm. on. I went on the road toward Ignacio, and yep. man, that was that was cool. And reverse was a hoot. Reverse, reverse <laughs> never gets old. And when you have reverse, it's your job to be as obnoxious about it as possible. And I managed to stall it in reverse. Yeah. yeah. Could work. Yeah, I know. And then when I, I turned it off, got off. You know, Joe went to parking in the garage she uh couldn't turn it on oh yeah because the turn on procedure on the thing is like did you take the fob with you no i i just used a kill switch and apparently she doesn't and in the book they tell you not to oh 
okay, that's weird. Yeah, she was just she was sitting on it for a few minutes, like rocking it back and forth. Like, why won't it start? Why the hell? What'd you do to it? Damn it! And then she's like, oh, you used a kill switch. Why'd you do that? Because that's what it's for. Because I like to kill. Kill the bike. (laughs) So cool. But yeah, the Can Am, pretty cool. Yeah, Um, good bit of kit. Yeah, there's there's the touring one too, which looks pretty neat. It's it's. uh, Frankly, I think it's fuck ugly in the touring version, but I'm curious it, it to know. I'm curious to know what shops do because you know, like Moab, you can rent these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to know what their rental process is. To you know, Joe Schmo comes in. Do they need a NAM? Do they run them through like a 30 minute? I think it's going to depend on the state. In Utah, you'll need an M. I think anything with less than four wheels, you need an M. Okay. Yeah, and an M is an M. So there, there's a, there's actually a restricted three wheel M which is only three wheels. Almost nobody has that. Uh, if you have an M, theoretically, you're totally able to ride all three wheelers, which is a little scary if you ride sidecars. <laughs> but yeah, in, in general, I think I think this is a, this is a wicked fun three-wheeler, and if you're, you know, if you just want to be out in the breeze and you want some of the kind of the being out there of motorcycleness without, yeah. frankly, a lot of the complexity of riding a motorcycle, then, you know, this might be worth a look. Thanks yeah. for letting us ride that, Joe. That was, uh, yeah. thank you for trusting us with your expensive toy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got listener mail. Yes, we hear again from our old friend, Harry Seward. I mispronounced his name the first time around, so he spelt it out for me. Straightened you out. Yes, Harry Seward. That's that's great. Harry writes, being that every Harley owner has to grow the dumb effing beard, isn't it time us Wheel Nerd fans do something similar to show our love and dedication to your show? I have felt this way since I've heard about your show from those lunatics at the Pace Podcast. Lunatics? Uh, back to the look. May I humbly suggest the Hitler mustache? No. Seriously. No. It's been several healing field decades since no. Adolf soiled this fine. Not look. long enough. You know, I, I I say we need to have Harry lead the way. I think I think the Todd goatee is the uh, the, the Todd it's, goatee. Uh, yes. The, I, w- I want to see Harry rock something and and, and uh, <laughs> send us a, send us the picture of the the, the stash and the and the, the tea. How about a combination of this of a uh, ooh. The, the Hitler stash with the, the goatee in the same width. So just a straight just line. Just like a straight... No, I, I'm not... I'm not I, I don't think the official wheel in facial hair is a good idea. You need to rocket Harry and send us a picture. You you <laughs> you threw this ball out, then you need to step up, up to the plate and hit it yourself. I, I want to see something. <laughs> Oi. <laughs> Our next letter is from Shelly. Shelly writes... You know how people do those wild stunts on movies with motorcycles. Could you give specific examples of the most famous stunts in the movies and why those are or are not possible and what they could really do to your bike in real life? And if you had to do this stunt yourself, which bike you would use? <laughs> you know, the first one that jumped to my head was Terminator 2. Oh. Where Arnold's on the Harley. Jumping the Harley into the uh, the, the concrete uh, Canal. drainage way thingy. Yeah. yeah. And it just keeps going? Yeah, it just keeps going like it didn't just bottom out <laughs> really hard. <laughs> And, and, you know, if you think in movie terms, a Terminator can't weigh the same as a person. You know, that's an interesting point, actually, because a Terminator probably weighs 800, 900 pounds in his own right. Yeah, and that bike is, is 700 pounds. Yeah, so, hmm, 1,500 pounds landing on the how suspension. How does he not just bottom the suspension out all the time? I, it's like four people he, on a bike. You know, I was going to be optimistic and say he was 500 pounds. So, yeah, okay, he's futuristic. All yeah. right. So he's like two fat people on a bike. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. They they carry that sometimes. I've seen that. <laughs> okay. So he jumps in. Two fat people on a Harley jump into a canal. What's going to happen? <laughs> Are they going to ride off like nothing happened? 
chasing a semi that's on fire? <laughs> I don't think no. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I did that kind of jump, I'd want it on something with as much suspension travel as possible and balloons tied to me. I <laughs> if you if memory serves, if you go back and watch that movie and and kind of freeze frame it, yeah. you can see that Harley hitting the ground, bottoming out, and mm. just and not wanting to come back up, and then they cut. Yeah. Um, that suspension is just going to self-destruct. The forks are going to blow. Yeah, I'm thinking you're going to just blow all of the oil right out of the suspension um, in doing that. It's just uh, the thing's just going to grind to a halt. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the other thing I'd be worried about is we were bouncing and not off of the suspension but off of the body of the bike. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know what happened after I that, but I a, bet it was bad. I hope it's a plush seat. Um, your vertebrae is going to be compressed. Yeah. It's going to be ugly. Um, if I had to do this myself and actually had the skills to do it, I'd want to be on some sort of uh, enduro, some mondo, super motor. MX, yeah, like with just like ass tons of suspension travel and standing the, on the pegs and yep, the, and it would still hurt like a bitch <laughs> <laughs> because you'd still bottom it out. Yep, you you would need that kind of bike to actually pull this off. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. So the other the other one I thought of is the the ride the motorcycle onto the train in torque. <laughs> The two sport crotch rockets. Meanwhile, in <laughs> physics. <laughs> Jumping onto a speeding train. Yep. And coming to a, a nice sliding halt. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, there, there. So the train. <laughs> <laughs> a train leaves a station traveling at 80 miles There's, an hour. This is one of those, this is one of those relative speed problems. And you see this all the time. It's like, it's like driving up into the back of a truck mm-hmm. in a car whose wheels are spinning to make it go 80 miles an hour and who's in that gear and then you drive up on the skids into the back of the truck and suddenly you can you're just going slow uh Mythbusters did that really yeah did it work yes it worked they were able to stop the car in time no shit yeah huh and they were able to uh, come out of the truck interesting launch just fine huh it was weird alright well I guess that part I works. mean you know there was the there's the expected <laughs> Yeah, tires. But tires. The, the car was speed. fine. Yeah, huh. it was able. Okay. To, it was able to work. Damn. So maybe we can ride our motorcycles on the train. I don't know, whether or not you could stick a whole garage into that semi truck with a hot mechanic and an old English dude waiting for you. Probably not. They had an yeah. empty semi when they did it. But mm. yeah. yeah, we should. I don't know. Maybe we can. We could jump onto a train. Yeah, let's go jump onto a train. What bike would you want to do it with? Because I'm pretty sure it's not the the, the Strom or the Ural. I, I think, once again, I might be tempted <laughs> to go for a really light MX bike for this kind of stunt. And you'll notice in the movie, Torque, every time they have to do really serious stunts or, like, off-road stuff or climbing up trees, it's an MX bike with, like, fake sport bike no. body work on it. Totally, you got to – it's in no, the movie. No, those it's, were totally real R's. Yeah, whatever. R-R's. Yeah, with wheelbases that miraculously got, like, a foot shorter. <laughs> no! So yeah, the, the jumping out of the train, I guess you could do it. I man. it would be really hard to match your wheel speed with the relative speed of the train when you landed. I mean, you're going to land on top. You're going to skid. You're going to. Furthermore, what makes them jump? Well, and land flat. That's the other problem. See, the real problem with jumping a motorcycle is the front end. The same problem with the car. The front end is way heavier than the back. Yeah. And so the standard fare for a car flying through the air is actually to go up and then just submarine into the ground first. <laughs> This is the this is the basic function of cars in the air, because the engines in the front. Motorcycles, same thing. Engines in the front go up, front end goes down, nosedive. And they landed flat. 
Yeah, they only yeah. have a nice and flat so they could keep riding. I think what you need is a good CG group. <laughs> or in the case of Torque, a bad one. You know, jumps and landings are a lot more violent than they look in the movies. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is there, there's, <laughs> You're throwing 600 pounds of metal through the air. Uh, the great story I know is also from Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm-hmm. The original Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay. Which, do you, are you familiar with that nope. movie? Book one. Um, it's a garage movie. Okay. The guy bought every car himself cast his friends in the movie yeah and it was just car chases okay and the penultimate stunt in the movie is he jumps the uh, Mustang GT mm-hmm. and it doesn't even look like that big of a jump it's not that impressive on sure. film yeah but he crippled himself from it wow his ber- vertebrae compressed to the point where he was permanently hurt from that wow. for the rest of his life uh, the rest of what was left of his life because he killed himself in another movie well okay so the tr- the moral of the story here is don't throw vehicles through the air if you avoid it <laughs> yeah unless you're a professional and you've got all your padding and stuff the yeah. vehicle's made for it yeah it, it's probably not a good idea for us to try to recreate these stuff all right so i've got an idea here we can totally use okay i want our listeners to ask questions about movie motorcycles so i, I think we have a whole episode here go give find us, movies give, go find movies with crazy motorcycle stunts in them send them to us and you know ask us about what's going on we're gonna go and do some research into whether it would work yeah you probably know, not with our own bikes but we could go to the u and find some physicists there you go and talk to them have them work through it. They tortured me throughout college with stupid questions about Eskimos sliding down ice domes and shit. So this is your reven- this is your opportunity for revenge. Damn right. <laughs> I feel good about this. Yeah, send us send us uh, movie motorcycle stunts you'd like us to talk about. Real, fake, whatever. We'll, and we'll, we'll try to uh, theoretically myth bust them. Yeah, we'll do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we will strap Todd to a motorcycle and launch his ass through the air. Again. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> so our last listener mail comes from Brian B. He sent us a picture of him and Adventure Biscuits on his GS. Even yeah. verifies their milk bones. Eating the milk bones. Nice touch, Brian. Nicely done. And Brian marks the wrap-up of that particular uh, yep, wheel, nerd that particular contest. wheel nerds contest. <laughs> because we have an exciting new one to announce. We have an exciting new contest to announce. Our new contest, which we think is going to be fun, is the <laughs> Adventure Starbucks Contest. <laughs> so here's how it works. The Adventure Starbucks Contest yep. is all about taking pictures of Adventure Starbucks. So Get you have to take pictures with your bike. As near or even inside. And just Yeah, as, as close as you can to getting coffee from your local coffee shop. doesn't actually have to be a Starbucks. I don't Any Starbucks coffee shop either. is fine. Any coffee shop is fine. Whatever the craziest thing you can come up with with Get your close, bike drinking coffee. Make it funny. Mm-hmm. Take it inside if you can. Yep. Order at the counter from it. That would be awesome. If you can get the hostess like sitting behind you or something, great. Oh, yeah. Have her sit right up on the pillow and holding the coffee cup, looking yep. all smiley and mm-hmm. cheerful. Hey, if you're in the Northwest and can go to that uh, one coffee shack where all the girls are in lingerie, do that. That'd be good, too. That would yeah. be awesome. Okay. We'll have you send in those photos. We'll start posting them up on the site. And uh, let's see, somewhere near the end of September there. Yeah, we'll pick some of the best ones. and We'll uh, pick our favorites. And uh, I think the winners will get, like, I don't know, a T-shirt sticker or something like that. We'll figure it out. You know what's coming. What's that? Um, we've, we've got the paper stickers now that we're, we're mm-hmm. selling. Yep. We've got real vinyl ones coming. Ooh, Actual vinyl stickers. We'll use those as, a, as some prizes for you guys. Cool. And we'll have those up for sale before too long. Yep. Assuming they don't look like crap. Assuming they don't look like crap, in which case we'll still use them for prizes. And we will get around to actually getting all the store stuff sorted out on the website so that it's easy to find. That would be useful. Yeah. Or people just won't buy anything because it's crap. It's 
still working on it. Although I do like these, I do like these long sleeve T-shirts. I have to say, I've been wearing this one. Yeah, I like my my baseball jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, they look they look good. The stuff from Cafe Press, I'm I'm actually pretty pleased with. Yep. The paper stickers have been holding up. I think the vinyl stickers will be nicer. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, I think uh, that kind of does it for us. Yep. That's all I got time for tonight. Till next week, I'm Todd and I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you listen to us on iTunes, please write a review for us so that we can get some more exposure and hits. Thanks. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.